one year I kind of got an idea, you know, I almost tried trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon game magazine. This structure from Perigo Gorman. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet that's working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the characters, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Back in the first shed. This is Traffic Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for tuning in. It's always great to have you with us. This podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Go to CotsBros.com, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com for everything you need for the trap line. On X Maps, use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark your trap locations, run tracks, scout using the latest aerial imagery, and get landowner information so you can get permissions to figure out whose land you're on or you are going to be on. And finally, we're brought to you by Moyle, Mink, and Tannery. Get your fur tanned by the professionals at moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E.net. They are a great outfit. They are the official tannery of the National Trappers Association and the Trapping Today podcast. Uh, high quality product, great price. So if you want to preserve that fur for the long term, get it done. Moil.net. Use their online customer portal. Get your fur tan quicker. Oh, and did I mention onxmaps.com? Use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, when you check out. And you get 20% off your first purchase. Save a little bit of money. Use the app. Very, very useful on the trap line. Okay. Tonight's episode should be a good one, I think. I think you're going to enjoy it. But what's going on lately for me? Well, I'm getting ready to pull my Martin and Fisher line tomorrow. I've made that decision. The whole the decision of when to pull. It's been a hard one. And as, of course, as it always works, things start to slow down really badly and you decide you're going to start pulling like I did a few days ago and I pulled I think 20 something sets and I checked uh, after I pulled those I still had like 40 to check and of course I started catching fur so (laughs) it always works that way but you can't really second guess those decisions Uh, had a lot to do with time management and finances really honestly um spending a lot of money to go out in the big woods and you can the season still there's still a couple weeks left in the season but uh, there's not that much money left in the budget to to go out there and trap if the fur prices were paying what they were 10 years ago then even even eight or 10 years ago then 
I would be going at it till I was to the end of the season or limited out. But that's just not a reality of life anymore. So we do as much as we can to learn and experience and enjoy and uh, not not break the bank. And so I'm going to finish pulling traps tomorrow. I did actually have a pretty interesting little run of the trap line on, what was it, Wednesday. I caught three fisher in one day, which is a, a first for me. I've never done that one run of the traps caught three fisher that was pretty awesome i think they were separated by uh, about 25 traps so that was pretty cool that i was uh, that was awesome especially considering that our fisher catch rates I, I think are relatively low because of these boxes that we're using and those all three of those fishers went into the four inch by four inch opening uh, in in the links exclusion devices, uh, so that was that was great. I knew they were around. I knew the fishers were there. I'd seen the tracks lots of times, but and they walked around boxes and they kind of they knew the lure. They smelled the lure from the road. They walked into the box. They saw they knew the bait was there. They sniffed around. They made a dug around on the outside of the box, but they would either would not or could not go into that entrance. But as soon as we got a little more snow and a little bit of cold weather and the food sources elsewhere, I assume, started to dry up, they got a little more motivated, a little hungrier, and started working to get to that bait. So made, a, made some catches there. Also caught three Martin that day and a couple weasels. So it was a good run. It was a lot of fun. I have to put those videos together for that. I may combine that uh, series of videos with the the last run pulling the line tomorrow we'll see how the filming goes tomorrow and just kind of put that all together in one last martin video for youtube so for folks who who've been following along with that i hope you've enjoyed it i know there's been a lot of people watching those first three videos and a lot of interaction has been been really neat and i've done a few live streams there on youtube so maybe we'll keep doing that here and there and uh, see where it goes but yeah other than that i'm just kind of get gathering together some fur i i had some fur that i was going to send to moil uh you guys have to really pay attention now to shipping it's this is i mean inflation is here and everything seems to be rising except fur prices cattle prices and log prices <laughs> three of the things that I sell and so of course uh, just so happens that the, that those you know lumber is way up but log prices are the same and beef is way up in the store but cattle prices are the same and uh, nobody's buying fur so there you are uh, just just goes uh, to show but of course everything else all of our expenses are going up naturally and as part of that UPS and U.S. Postal Service and FedEx have all been raising the rates like crazy. And on small stuff, it's not a really big deal. I mean, a lot of the lure, the stuff I ship, by the way, trappingtodaystore.com. Appreciate you guys uh, shopping there. You can, you still have time to get stuff for Christmas. If you're quick, get on that and uh, get your last-minute Christmas shopping done. We get those new Mustela posters, uh, the 11 by 17 posters. The shirts are Boy, I'm still waiting for the printer to get shirts back in stock, uh, but there are still probably half the sizes are in stock and half are not. Got some more stuff I'd like to come out with soon, but that's just gonna—that's kind of a waiting game right now. I gotta sit down and figure out 
where I can get things done quick, more quickly than than the existing channels that I'm working with. But the prices are going up, and for shipping, like when I ship some lure, say I ship you a couple bottles of lure, not a big deal. Went up, you know, a couple dollars. I can I can absorb that a lot of times, but there's certain things that it's starting to go up. The bulkier and the bigger packages, it's going up insane, insane. I went to and and as a as a result of a lot of this increase in shipping, I'll probably have to increase prices in the store in the next couple of months. We're, I'm just gonna kind of play it by ear and see see how my costs are looking. I try to keep things pretty simple, but stuff stuffs cost money and and uh, everything goes up and you kind of eventually have to determine whether that's a temporary thing or whether it's permanent and you better get on top of it. But the big killer for me has been the increase in shipping rates for large sized items. And so last year I sent a bunch of beavers to North Dakota to a fur buyer and I also sent a bunch of fur to Moyle, a huge huge box. And I was able to use my UPS business account and get uh, pretty good shipping rates on that. I think both boxes I shipped for like between 80 and $90. And we're talking 35, 40 pounds, uh, pretty big stuff. Uh, smaller, this year I tried to ship, uh, I was shipping last time probably the equivalent of like 25, 25 or so beaver hides at a time. This year I tried to ship 15. I ran through some estimates last night and no matter any way that I was able to work it, it was the cheapest I could get was double of what it was last year. And so that tax on another $5 per beaver just to ship it one way. And you're going to tack on probably another $5 to ship it back to where we're $10 each way. So we're $20 and just in shipping plus $30 in tanning costs. I get $50 in that beaver before I've even done anything with it, not counting my time to trap it and, and work it up. So that's been kind of discouraging. I, I don't know how to get around that um, other than charging more for tanned fur and charging more for final products that are made with tanned fur. So I haven't really uh, thought about that too much. I think a lot of a lot of my fur is going to unfortunately go to fur harvesters. I mean, the market isn't such that I don't I don't expect to get much there, but I mean, at, at least they'll they'll be put in front of a number of buyers and hopefully there'll be some demand recover and be able to move them but um, the fact is do you want to do you want to make five bucks or lose 15 <laughs> uh, or do nothing with them and, and let them rot it, it really is a shame and I, I spent probably an hour well, a couple hours going through these pelts and probably a good half hour just running my fingers through beaver pelts and just admiring the silk and soft and thick full fur and, and thinking about all the great products that could be made with it but just i mean trying to to make the numbers work is is really a really discouraging thing right now so um it it's a shame um i don't know what what the uh, best route forward is with that i'm gonna keep thinking about it but but yeah um not gonna cry about it either just gonna do what I can and, and keep on trapping to a certain extent, uh, at least close to home and not spending too much money. I mean, caster, of course, caster prices are good. Always trying to stay positive. But anyway, that's what's going on here. So starting to pull, starting to wind things down a little bit and move on to 
other things. I'm going to be spending more time in the fur shed and uh, skinning a lot of all of my fur is is in the uh, freezer, chest freezers right now. So I'll be pulling that out and and doing a lot of work in the fur shed. Hopefully have a little bit of fun and maybe shoot a couple videos here and there. We'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, coming up on the podcast, we have uh, I'm I'm going to uh, start, I'm going to, things are going to start winding down a little bit just to, to warn you ahead of time. But, uh, I am, uh, I've got plans here for the next couple of weeks. Tonight, we're going to get into a pretty cool interview, uh, not an interview, kind of like a sit down that me and a few other trappers had, uh, by the campfire. We're going to do part two of our campfire trapper talk. And I, I hope that you'll enjoy that. And then, uh, next week, I'm going to do an interview with a southern trapper, Jeremy from Mississippi, and we're going to talk about trapping coyotes for the live market down there, which is something I have obviously no experience with, and uh, several of you guys have asked me in the past to, to get more southern exposure onto the trap line, uh, onto the podcast, so I, I have attempted to do that. Jeremy was asking uh, if I was planning on having anybody, and I said, well, why not you? Why don't you come on? And, and he said, yeah, sure, why not? So we had a lot of fun. Great guy, uh, fun to talk with, easy, good talker, good uh, uh, good communicator, and a, and a good advocate for trapping down there. So that's going to be fun. And then Pat uh, Connolly did an interview the other day with a really high name, big name trapper in the industry that all you guys are going to recognize. And I don't know how it turned out. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Hopefully Pat can uh, be on his game with the audio technical skills and that all recorded nicely. We can get that up. I'll I'll hopefully put that up week after next. And uh, I had a couple other guys. I think I had three other people that were going to do stuff record some things for the podcast but I don't think any of them has I none of them have come through yet so we'll see how that works out I I uh, I, I don't know what to expect there but we'll, we'll see maybe they will maybe they won't if they do great if they don't no big deal and I got a couple other ideas some things uh, I want to do uh, just to, to give you a little preview here for the next couple of weeks and with that let's get into tonight's episode can I spin some history off on you real I quick? I wish you would. Can I grab one of those? Yep. Um, so, like, here's my thing. Uh-huh. Everybody's, um, I don't want to say everybody, but there's a, a rather large crowd out there that's anti, you know, conservation, whether they know it or not. You experience a lot. You guys oh, both oh, experience well, a lot trapping, more than I When do. somebody says trapping to me, I hear conservation. I didn't hear... Well. You're, so, you're you know, thinking, let me spin the, this off. The preservation crowd versus yeah. the conservation So let me spin crowd. this around. In my opinion, anyone who says, oh, yeah, I'm American, that's anti-trap. Well, in my eyes, you're not American because as much as you hate it and you have a sour taste in your mouth about the Pilgrims and Christopher Columbus and all those guys, they're the ones who started trapping. That's why we're here. Preach it, I, ha- I hate to say, hate to say that you don't like <laughs> it. Talk to me, Johnny. You don't like it, but, you know, being devil's advocate, (laughs) the reason why you're here and you're talking and you're in California is because when we landed on the east, we fur trapped the whole way to where you live. You should feel privileged that those guys were trapping and died of infection and all that other crazy stuff to get you out here. It's the same thing as the armed forces. 
you didn't think that they had a, you know, it's sad, whatever, you know, they did all that horrible stuff to the Native Americans, and I know none of that can be taken back, but it is what it is, and that's why we're Americans. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Please Go for do. it. I love it. There was a lot of money involved in that beaver trade, and those guys were taking a big risk because they wanted to make money. Yep. And that's capitalism. Well, do you work for and free? It's a, and and it's a beautiful thing. Neil talked about it today. I don't work for free. Neil yeah, Olson talked about it today. I don't work. Now, I am a farmer in addition to the trapping and the, all the other stuff. And the one of the things that annoys me the most, that bothers me the most about farming is the guys that have this all the bumper stickers, no farms, no food. You need to support farmer or you're going to starve. It's, yep. it's almost like they're doing it for charity. Let's be honest. We're all in it for a profit. And so whether it's farming or trapping or, you know, this is, this is not a charity. And so I don't feel as though we need to necessarily give a bunch of credit to people. They're just trying to make a living. Right. But that's that's human nature. it's It's an honest living that has huge ramifications for the health of wildlife and for wildlife in North America. That's that's why we can get on. Now it does. Now it does. But back in the day, they just wanted no, to make money. No, no, they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, how how incredible, because I do I do beaver control for a living. That is my that is my living. I don't have a side job. That's all I do. How incredible is it that guys that if you look at the record. This is a pretty good at, living. Look at you, all this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, listen to this. If you look at the record of what, what they had, the average mountain man, what we idolize, six traps. How many mountain men were there? You know, how many true mountain men were there going out, trying to seek their fortune, catching beaver? They had, most of them, approximately six traps. A lot of weight. See, a lot, lot of weight, weight a lot of weight, weight. and and you know what and you know what they ain't, but, but, but what do they they what do they them grain what do they do what do they they nearly but they're living they, off beaver they nearly extirpated beaver from the north american content continent excuse me they nearly extirpated a species with six traps apiece that's incredible. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of money involved. When you look at things like Nutria, where they have bounties, and they, they have biologists trying to kill them all because they're they're messing up the local ecosystem. Down south, when, yeah. but when and the, they can't catch them all. When they, the bounty approaches a weekly salary for each Nutria, that right. it, it will be... But I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, with all our modern technology, with all our game cameras, with all our modern traps, we're yeah. still struggling to keep these animals in check. You want to hear something silly? And these guys, and these guys went above and beyond trying to chase oh, a, pay, a paycheck. Wood, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 okay. it's terrible Mine, and incredible. You want to see, hear something silly? It's very easy to point a finger. I know. Point. We all know. Point we all away. judge. Whatever. But it's very easy to point the finger at the trapping community. You know, because it's bad and you're doing harm to the animals and, you know, you're killing populations and all that other stuff because a lot of people don't look at the big picture of conservation and how it actually works and how brutal Mother Nature is. Right. In my eyes, sometimes I feel like, you know, 
devil's advocate, it's a double-edged sword, but however you want to look at it. If you're going to be mad at something, like, be mad at Trappist because they're doing all this damage and all this harm and it's bad for the animals and everything. You should be mad, just as mad as the the guy that's delivering Budweiser to the local convenience store down the road. How How many people died of alcohol every year? Oh, but you're not mad at them while you're drinking your wine. You're mad at the trappers because it's mean to the animals. You're supporting something that's killing millions of people. You shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't do drugs if you're going to be anti-trapping, in my eyes. If You guys get what I'm saying, though? I get no, what you're saying. No, you're making, you're making a great point. But a lot of people don't look at the biggest scale. If you're going to hate something that's hurting and harming something in your eyes, which it's really not, trapping's one of the best means of conservation and it's a so, renewable resource and so the question is like we all we all know where the antis are and where we are we are and the question how much time should we spend fighting that and thinking so about that don't have any energy left. and how much time many, should we spend yep. just trying to promote sport and promote trapping to new people and explain what we're actually doing it's a fist and fight. I, in the I dark. don't know the answer. No, to it's, that. A, it's, a, it's a fist fight in the dark. That, you never that, know that, what you're. That's a loaded. That's a loaded question too. Yeah, fist because fight in the dark. How many people? It, 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 let me give. Apologies. Let me back up just a step. Do we? Are we? Are, how much time are we obligated to spend on this? We are. I feel like we owe if, it to people, we, but if we if we give about traffic. If you give one iota about the tradition, about the heritage, about yeah. what we are, trapping built this country. Yeah. If no. you if you give one about freedom, <laughs> if you care about what this country was built upon and what this country means, what this represents, you have to be pro-trapping. In the All day, right? in the 1800s, there was a guy... It was a big fur buyer. Manly Hardy? He's the richest man in the world. He come from England. He, he moved to New York City. Asterisk. John J. Asterisk. Aster. Aster. And yep. he was a fur buyer, and he, he, he marketed the market that we still kind of yep. go by. And he, he sold it to the... Chinese, the Koreans, and Russia, because they depleted their system yep. years and years ago. I grew up in trapping from a long, 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 long time ago. I was born into it. My my dad was a major part of a fur buyer in the state of Maine. I was a kid, and when I was six years old, I went to Manhattan with a pickup truck. All that stuff's gone now. So. Yeah, there used to and be a huge fur district there in New York. My dad dealt with a guy named Albert Slinker. I remember him as a kid. He was a Jewish fella. And uh, the buildings weren't that big. They were only like four or five stories. But today, if you go there, they're all big high-rise, all big apartments. But anyways, this was in the 70s. And um, he would bring... He would buy fur all over the state. Neil was just coming up. Yeah. Uh, there's a famous guy named Merrick Kimball 
over in the western part of the state where I live. Probably the best fur grader, the best Neil's, guy. Yeah, Neil mentioned his, his yeah, name. Th this uh, Merritt Kimball kind of taught my old man how to grade fur. And years ago, they used to actually grade fur. So when yeah, you when it was fur, worth something. <laughs> You would, yeah, and the prices, and you know, today the the whole system is different. But um, as a kid going to New York City and meeting these Jewish people, and I was amazed by their whole community and uh, how close the people were. But they treated my dad really well, and he 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 made it for a long time and yep. did very well. So I grew up as a kid. Um, Going with him, learning how to grade fur, skin, trap. He's a great fox trapper. Uh, caught a hundred foxes in one year in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Went to Ashland. And um, the boys back in the 70, 76, they didn't really know how to catch foxes up there. They, they had no clue. And, and he trapped all them fields in Masadas all the way up. And uh, he probably trapped. He the caught a hundred fox. He probably October trapped the ground that I that I own right now. Some but. and uh, the, the foxes, the red, red foxes, were just phenomenal. There were no coyotes up there. Yeah. In them yeah. years, you know, in the where was the this late seventies. Where where this where um, this fellow from? And uh, just for his old his old man trap used to trap my country. Eight no foxes one day he caught. Yeah, yeah. I was a young fellow, and he, he, my dad took me out of school in the seventh grade, eighth grade, all the way through, well, two middle schools and four in the high school. One week a year, he would take me in November to go up trapping, and we stayed in the Masadas and. Ashland area and trapped. Yeah. Uh, to watch him do his thing, and he was good at it. But he was a fur buyer, more importantly, in the early days, and um, he made a decent living, see, and raised us kids, and that's how we learned. And yeah. That's why I'm here today to, you know, talk about it's, it. It's probably kind of frustrating, though, to see nowadays where there's there is no market. The prices, I have a perfect card, which is a card that they would put on a, say, a burlap bag, and it was basically a, it's a cardboard card, and it tells you all the prices, and it, it, it went from house cat, to bobcat, <laughs> yeah. to skunk, to weasel, and believe it or not, it, back in the 30s, the house cats were bringing money too. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, can you imagine in the six in the seventies was the heyday in, in the fifties too. But a female fisher, my father used to pay two hundred bucks when I was a kid in nineteen seventy six. He'd write a check for a female fisher. Now the cost of living, if you was making a hundred dollars a week, you was pretty well off well we just we just did a we were talking with jim comstock and he was saying he was catching 30 all beavers 
and we it was in 1972 right? yeah and we plugged it into an inflation calculator it's like 190 so something 192 how about how well about neil used to pay a dollar an inch how about this that's right ba- even yeah. a dollar an a inch beaver in the state of maine 70s. you catch a hawker you couldn't trap mm. beaver at all until January first. Yeah, it was there was such a market. There was a fe- there was a season even mm. after. I think it was February. Yeah, people were after them. Yeah, and you imagine a dollar an inch plus. Nice, a nice you, blanket. When a dollar was like seven or eight dollars. Seventy. Right. So you're inch? getting seventy inch, seventy bucks. I remember right. those days. In the seventies, that's like three hundred yeah. bucks a beaver. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. There would be super huge competition for fur. Listen to this one. Same thing so that, that Bill was just saying. You know, and that market was, it never was realistically in the 30s in this country, if you go back and look at the history, people wore fur, a lot of it. But the majority of the fur always, even like I talk about this JS asterisk, his market was uh, yeah. overseas. Yeah. I mean, he he was in New York somewhere in Hudson, New York, on the Hudson you River. Do right? okay. Fizz. And he'd ship to Canada, and it'd all go out. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. And I'd like to hear all your perspective on it. What do you think we need to do to make for a great? Like I, I, I hate to say it. In America, I don't make think fur, it make, fur make fur great again. Make fur great again. Um, what would it take? What would it take? Get rid I'm, of. I'm fake. not trying to. I'm not trying to. Okay, let's go around the circle. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying. To, Nick, if you listen, I don't care politically. Yeah, I understand. Oh, that's you a just loaded, made it. That's a, so that's a loaded sentence. I know. It's a loaded I'm sentence. I'm not trying to make it. Make fur great. Make make fur make fur what it was. What would you do? What, what, Get what rid of non-renewable resources. The like, pla- like, like plastics? So, like, yeah, like, like, like plastics? Like, and... like fake fur, fox, yeah, yeah. F-U-X Folk. fur, Folk. however they say it, wherever you're from, however you say it, that's good with me. Get rid of that, that ends up in the ocean and ends up killing a turtle. Yeah. But you're worried about that anyways. Yeah. The yeah. skunk or the coyote, whatever. But you're worried, you're worried about that, but you just choked yeah. a 200 Beautiful. year old sea turtle or dinosaur. I like, the, I like the way you. you yeah. Thank you. You kill a beautiful you, you turtle. Right on the I'm sure the poor innocent turtle that didn't know it was coming was worried about the coyote. That's that, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's great. Robbie. Um, Robbie, what do you think? Robbie, what do you think? I don't know, man. I don't. What do you, what, if you that's had a, a short, get rid of Joe that's Biden, Biden, but that's a You were you were around during the fur boom. What, what do you so, think? So, that's make, what I was to trying to touch with. The, I, he's I, him I, and Bill. Not to call you guys dinosaurs, you guys got to experience the booms. I was living in Maine, fifth of Maine, running a chicken farm up there when the fur boom came. Fifty-five dollars for coon. <laughs> God, you imagine? That's amazing. Oh, red Fox for eighty-nine or hundred. Eighty-nine or hundred for a red fox. I'd be, I'd be, set, I'd be setting, Listen. I'd be setting dog proofs on school buses. The problem is everybody else. Beaver is all an inch. Mink was sixty. Mink or sixty. Mink. What happened to the mink problem? No, 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 a bunch of Italians. Robbie, you got to Don't, don't, don't spit. I just want to know. Yep, what would you ahead. do? What, what What do you think it would take to get 
fur to be back in vogue. Okay. That's the question. We need a lot more That's Italians to buy fur coats. Get rid, so, of, the, so, get rid of the Italian. So what, did, so what did Nick say again? To bring fur, he'd say like, save the less plastics. Oh, okay, no, Rob. You just need to. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, Nick, you Nick got has it. a good point. That's you right. make a long story short. You, get rid you, of the, you, the non-renewable resources. If yeah. you actually, if you actually preach what what wild fur is, it's renewable. It's sustainable. And if you it's, can, if yeah. you can, same thing get as some traction, a tomato plant. Like, like with the hipsters, you know, like this is not the plastics are not renewable. No. Fur is renewable. If you can kind they of get break, that across. They never break down. Right. Yeah. Right. And don't that's, support the little guy that's doing his own trapping business. But by buying that plastic crap, you're supporting people that don't even know you exist that are billionaires. It's all It's all petroleum. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. support the, give the big guy your business instead of somebody who's actually trying to, you know, obviously benefit their family. Just, just a, find a, find and a place B, in the world. Yeah. just trying to. Live life as an American, you know, mountain man, whoever you want to call it, hobbyist, whatever. They're just doing what's right. So people are so quick to point the finger. That's what's horrible. Yeah. Robbie, you got any thoughts on on what what we can do to make fur fashionable again? Or? I had a question. Yes, I do. Yeah. Get ri- get rid of the antis. Get rid of the antis. Yeah. yeah. We all love to do no, that. No, I know. Yeah. 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 My deal is um. Fur, what's happened to the American fur industry is ranches. Yeah, get rid of the farms. Well, so you can raise foxes, okay? Let me just explain something to you. And you can take four pelts that are raised, organically grown in a farm, four pelts, and match them up and make half a jacket, okay? When you catch wild fur, there's no competition. I mean, it. I hate to say it, but the stuff that they grow, if you're a farmer... It's uniform. It's beautiful. Yep. I really mean yep. that. Mink? Yep. It I'm is. talking, they grow big, beautiful male mink. Male right. minks are the right. ones to kill and catch. It always has been. That's what happened to the mink in this country. So, as far as raising mink from other countries that can afford to do this, you know, in in the right conditions, they they raise it, they farm it, and they produce it it's cheaper. Yeah. And they, people do not want wild fur. Hardship. So so hardship so, in America. No, so I know what you're about to say they don't want the humanely dispatched population control no it's just control, a better wildlife. product they would rather, bottom line it's it, a no, better product and I, and I couldn't agree anymore but they yeah. they don't understand all oh, no they don't this bottom, they bottom think dollars. they think this redneck's out here killing animals yeah. he's and a psycho when, when he's it, michael when myers when it's in a farm but, it's okay yeah see? no so when you they bash him off the pavement to kill him instead of humanely euthanize or dispatch a one of god's beautiful creatures but because this guy's actually somebody that I can point a finger at because he's not a billionaire, and that's the only one I can bully, that's who I'm going to go after, the trappers, the small-town guys, the ADC guys. I think but th- let's leave Wall Street alone. Let's leave them out of that because they get too much money for me to fight, so I'm going to stir the pot with the little guy and make everybody look bad. Well, let's, let's, look, at, wrong? let's, look, at, let's look at the best thing that you can oh, preach oh. is that what 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 is what is the uh, the hippie movement? 
Right. The hippies are are the the cornerstone of a lot of hippies. Is a very uh, broad statement. No, 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 it is broad. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down. Yep. I'm gonna compartmentalize. Perfect. The, the I didn't get my turn. Robbie, the hippie the wood? hippies yeah. right. No, we're over here talking Joe Schmo hillbillies. If they're looking, if they're looking for, if they're looking for a free-range, wild-fed, organic, that is that is fur, that is wild fur. So what we need to do is we we need to say, wild fur is the future. That is that is the most sustainable way to harvest. Couldn't agree with you more. Wild game. That is, that, is, that is the best way to do things. But the problem because is you have to have a brain to understand that. Well, you know what? For starters. I think a lot of people, I think I think a lot of things are coming around where they say, you and, know what? And they can make it that way. That's why the whole grading system, when you buy fur. Now, when I grew up, there was grades. There was five grades for a red fox. One, two, three, four, five. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. And you're talking when they farm, when they farm ray stuff, everything's culled out and it's grade one. Exactly. You like, understand? Like yeah, the right. bucks out west that they get so on high here, With um, the racks that Neil are Neil Olson's buying fur, okay? He doesn't he, even bother to grade it. No, he don't grade I, I sell him order that I put up and I handle for the best I was taught from the very best people in the state of Maine when I skin an order the thing is beautiful I look at it, I don't even want to sell it <laughs> I, I, I don't know. want to sell it yep. for $25 it or 15 be, the order to me is the finest hair when you There's look more at shared order oh, if you ever no. see the it the density is fever, unbelievable oh no blind you too when you look nice at and it shine. with glasses, it's just phenomenal. And um, to look at a, you know, another person wearing, I love to see a beautiful woman with a jacket on. Or a man, it doesn't matter. I love Fam- fur. Family it's durable. Yeah. When I see that, it's just see a beautiful man with a fur coat on. It's just uh, gets me fired up. I mean, you know, I would. I'd wear one. You would? Hell wouldn't? yeah. Hell Absolutely. Yeah. If, you, if you wouldn't get paint thrown at you. I'd love to have it because I'd go, no. But, you know, I, it, it, yeah. years ago it was very common for men right. and women. It was fashionable. Right. It was durable. So so I think, I think what we're all yeah. kind of saying is if. No, what you, for, what you through four are saying. Because you haven't asked my opinion yet. Go ahead. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you to come out swinging. So. Please, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Jeremiah Wood. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, how about this? Why don't you give me a little... Jeremiah, first of all. I appreciate you guys. Let's, let's figure this out. What's yeah. your deal? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I... Rob pointed you out earlier, and I he said your name, and I was like... Well, you haven't listened to the podcast. You don't no, really you know. Don't that's like the but, tenth time tonight, guys. Well, no, seriously, where do you? No, that's your fault. That's your fault. I know that's my fault. But did you? you I was been watching his YouTube what videos you for like. No, what are you asking? Seriously, like. You know, you're a trapper, yeah. recreational. Yeah. You're in for the sport. Why do you? What do you? Yeah, why do you do what you? Why do you do what you do? I mean, you've inspired so many people that you've never met. Me being one of them until now, naturally. Now you're Me not too. inspired, yeah. I appreciate so, that. 
<laughs> no, I just want to hang my gear up. I'm gonna hang all his inspiration. I'm gonna hang my gear up. This guy just ruined it for be, me. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. They he ruined it for me. This is a lure too. This the, oh, we got a whole discussion. You know we got a whole episode. I actually bought the lure because I'm an anti. I'm just gonna throw it away and keep buying it. I've wrote articles for him. One and a half. I've been I've been on maybe five articles. All right, easy for the podcast. Hey, easy. Five articles. Two, one and a half. Okay, I, so, so technically, so technically, it might be two. It's been, it's been five podcasts. It was None two podcasts. It was, it was actually <laughs> two podcasts, but I split them up because I didn't have time to do other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, 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 he said, he said, I can, I can, I can. We get two. Roll us over to the next week. But there's, there's two questions we're dealing with. Right yeah, now. kill it, Jeremiah. I want to hear. I want to hear. We already know why Bill traps, and he's got family deeply. We're not asking why we trap. The question was Pat had a question about what can we. What can we do? do? Yes, yes. What can we do to and to preserve our way of life, to preserve so what do you think? fur as a natural resource? Jeremiah, hit it off. Let's go. I don't think there's anything we can do. You don't. I think, I think most of this is out of our control. What? How much control have we had in the international fur market? No, but how do you... Years? I'd rather go out kicking and screaming. Yes, you're just losing more folks that are interested in it. And um, uh, teaching the younger folks, I think... Um, ain't nobody in. I think be that... the r- right way to go, yeah. but uh, my son, yeah. he's 19, 20. He's 20 now, and I buy him a license every year, and he goes with me, but he he's not into it like you guys or I was at his age but I think you know there's certain people that are that are going to be trappers just yeah. it's in them regardless you know regardless yeah. and yeah. once they find like me my dad never trapped I never knew anything about trapping but I read fur fishing game and I wanted to be a trapper right are you and as soon as it Rob, and you 50 years ago yeah. same thing yeah. in that area yeah. Yeah. and as soon as as soon as I found a trapper to teach me I was just 100%. That yeah. was what I was going to do. Nice. It didn't matter what the fur prices were or anything like that. I'm with you. Now, as far as recruiting new trappers and everything, I think we need to continue doing what we're doing. We need to preach what Pat and Nick are saying about conservation, about using, utilizing fur, utilizing the meat. Yeah. All, we're doing a lot of good things. Right. But as far as the fur market... We're not going to change fashion. I, I really don't think we have any control over that. The only thing we have control over is what we do with the fur that we catch. And we all have three or four friends yeah. that we might be able to I say, hey, you want to try out a pair of mitts? Yeah. You want to try a beaver hat? Can I spin off of that real quick? Go ahead. Side note. To save trapping, and you know what, Bill and Trapper Rob... You guys have been very supportive for me over the years. Any questions answered, done. One phone call, done. But that's not the case for everybody. And what I've found and what a lot of guys, I feel like, especially the older gentlemen, you know, the, the experienced trappers. Even myself, I consider myself an experienced trapper compared to somebody who just started yesterday. I mean, every other, every you learn something every new every day on the trap line. Yep. Always. Yeah, you do. do you stop learning? Sell your traps. Yeah. 
I think the older crowd's starting to realize that because for a while there, out of everything I knew and being a little kid, knowing that, you know, oh, my dad's friend's a hunter, this one's a hunter, this one's a trapper, this one's into fly fishing because you think, you know, your dad and his buddies or your uncles are out there drinking beers, talking around the grill, whatever. It's come to a point where you can't hold, oh, hiding secrets and, no, you know, giving the young young yeah. trappers bad info, lying to them because you don't want any competition. You, you have to. Right now, we have you have to help everyone. Yeah. Let's all draw the water from the yeah. well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You can't be like that. That's how, you know, because you know what happens? That's Bill Bailey. God bless do anything for him. You know how much he helped me yeah. out of one statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, Nick, walk before you run, start water trapping. Yep. That's Mind you, I was already metaphor. hooked by, by the chipmunk story. <laughs> yeah, that's a Started water trapping, caught a couple beaver, ended up catching an otter, a right. couple muskrat, and then boom, 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 he walked me all the way from being dirt to catching canines efficiently. If this was 20 years ago, you and one of all these old timers got to realize, you would not have had it. He wouldn't have told me that. No. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, he might have, but you need to. You'd these older guys have to realize. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Listen, but do you guys know what I'm saying? Do you get where I'm getting at? This, this, we have to share with each other, this and is, especially the younger people. And I think that's happening. I think we have to. I think it's no it more is, secrets. If Listen. you want the sport to die, then keep your bait and your lure and. Keep your trap well, the lure, we, we, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. No, but do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you had then, asked, if I had asked you 20 years ago, if no, I had asked you, oh, what are you using to catch Martin? I know, I know you catch Martin. What do you use to catch Martin? And that's like you saying, oh, well, I use, um. Just watch the YouTube videos. That's all you get. You see everything. But that's what I'm saying. But that's like me just. Man, you don't have the videos. And you just say, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was they to a point they'd lie. With a dollar bill yeah. And, yeah. Um, there was a lot of money at stake. Yeah. Well, people had to eat. It was cold. You but got a footboard. I get it. Right now, I completely agree. I have mentors that a trap is 80 years old. I got a guy that's probably the best trapper in southern Maine, and he traps in the city, Portland, Westbrook, and you wouldn't believe the game he catches in Falmouth. Right. And beaver and muskrat, and he deals with the traffic. And I've <laughs> learned from that fella. And my dad taught me a lot, but more so on how to skin and how to put up the fur, and how fur buyers want it. And yeah. you know, to skin an otter, for example, how to pin it. It's all on how you preparate, I think. But we had this conversation. No offense about my friend Neil Olson. He's a great guy. He's been in it a long time. He's done a wonderful, big job for the main trappers. He, he's he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, and um, but he doesn't he doesn't really grade fur. So sometimes you wonder you put up your fur the best you can, and um, you get you the know same. I I've had guys tell me now that you, you don't need to spend all that time putting up the fur. Because there's just not that much value in it. But some people still do when you send it yep. off. There's pride. There's yeah. pride associated with it, you know. I, I try to 
spend as much time as I can to produce a quality pelt. But I know like if you send your fur off to big warehouses, they really grade it. I mean like the Chinese, <coughs> they go through it like seven grades on a beaver. Seven different grades. You know, color, thickness of the hide, the time of year when they caught it. I truly believe, like when I was a kid, I didn't trap Fisher until the second week of November. Because <laughs> I didn't believe they were prime. Yeah. That's the way I was taught. Yeah. You know, but that all well, seems to change. Jeez. Is, is, They're is, not even. Probably if I was you, I'd be going out of the so, city. So instead, so instead of worthing, instead of being worth fourteen dollars, they're worth twelve dollars. So but if you sell them, they got maybe ten, maybe ten. <laughs> they got you don't have Jeremiah blood, really you'd be down in the, the city difference. catching rats, freezing what, and making bait. But what are we, what are we arguing about, right? Nothing. I mean, the, see here we are trappers arguing. The prime. So that's the prime our problem. That's our number one problem. How much does the primeness matter? Think about it. If a beaver, if a fully prime under ice beaver, I'm catching in February. Is worth fourteen dollars, and a spring or a October fifteenth beaver is worth eleven. What are we talking about? Well, because in the is, real world, when they get sent out to the factory, when they're going to produce, make these coats, all that goes for trim. They don't use that. They use the prime. Yeah. There's better graders than. But there's not. There, here. There's not yeah. enough coat manufacturers in beaver. What? They're using well, beaver to really have a market things. that we can that can pay us. So it's like, you know, it, it seems to me like it, it's a at this point, the, as low as the fur market is, it just doesn't make a whole lot of difference. You know what was the well, goodest news I heard in a while that you know what the county, the Mounties in um, Canada, they wear the yeah beavers yeah. That yeah. That. yeah they bought all beaver. And that helped out. <laughs> I heard they were stopping doing that. Oh my gosh. Is that right? First a lot of states, you don't know it. You might not know it, but your state agency may not be able to comment if they're trying to ban trapping. For example, that's true. I, I trap in Vermont. Vermont, fishing game was not able to speak yeah, at the that. hearings to ban trapping and hound hunting. That in itself is that, disgusting. That, 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 that's disgusting. That's dis, dis, despicable. Say that we, three times. Listen, I will tell you. It's it's despicable. It's horrendous. It's horrific. Silly it's, a, it's a trap. Hey, it's a family show, yeah. by the way. FYI. No, I that was, I was I was keeping it clean. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. No, I just yeah. think, I'm, I hear, it's I hear horrifying but, that. But, but, I hear but, what but, you're saying. But, but, the fishing but, but, game but, agency at, fish, in a lot of states game, isn't allowed to say. But it's it's not. about 50 50 right. states. Like, I, but, I was in Montana, the most, one of the most conservative states in the country, and their Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department was not able to comment on anti trafficking. There should have been a lot more fishing but, game in my but, state but in, here. In, in Maine, in, in, they were like 100% anti bear referendum. In, it was like, in, yeah, but we're all the game wasn't there or anything. In, in in an age, in an age, in a time where we say, believe science. You gotta believe science. Oh, no, I agree well, with well, that. Well, 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 why why can't we believe the wildlife science? Why can't we take the people that have dedicated their lives, they've dedicated every minute of their lives, 
every minute of their higher education to learning about these species and learning about this and learning about the style of conservation. And suddenly, their their point of view is, is moot. Because it's so easy to take that information and twist it any direction you want to. Are you guys down in Mass required to take samples from the animal? For what? Tooth? No, we don't. We are not. We are not muscle, required by law. No. Bobcat? No. Nope. Mass likes to create, paint their own picture because they already know what's them. going on. Um, they got too many everything and they <laughs> just. <laughs> they don't really need to they know much. They just decide you can take this, can't take that, and then, yeah. oh, wait, we're going to we, switch we learned, it. We learned. Next year, uh, we're going to. Nobody's, nobody's going to catch anything. Okay, right? since, Next, right? okay uh, since we've basically broken every single rule in this, in this podcast. Sure. If I had known I want, the rules were broken earlier, this would have been a lot more better. I want to get into yeah. the... I want to talk about lure. I want to talk about trapping yes, lure. Because these two guys bought lure from me today. I know. And Pat and I... I bought it just to throw it away because I trapped it. We had a fantastic time. What? what, you what? <laughs> well, that's what I do. I've been we, doing it every convention I go to. I buy trapping lure. Because I'm anti-trapping, so I just throw it away. I spent hundred dollars and just throw it away so nobody can well, catch anything. What, what I said, what I said, we, we had an in, said, we had an in-depth conversation. What I said yeah, about two hours ago. I like, in, in in honor of my uncle who passed away. He passed away of cancer a couple God years bless. back. God bless. Thank you. The, he was one of my my fishing mentors. He was one of the first guys that took me out fishing. My grandfather tells this story, where my uncle they were going to go fishing. They went there early in the morning, but he, he had to stop the bait shop. And he stopped at the bait shop, and he said, Oh, you have X lure, whatever whatever lure it was. He says, I've read, about, I've read about this in the magazines. Does it really work? And the guy at the bait shop says, <laughs> It'll catch fishermen. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the subject changes, whatever. He gets his other stuff, he gets his, and he gets the lure, he brings it up to the counter. And my grandfather just goes, caught another one. Yeah, and so typical. currently, I both love and enjoy the. Pat is in a conflicted situation. I I, I love he's, he's I love conflicted. I love the story of things, and I love the uh, the uh, smoke and mirrors of a lot of trapping lures. I love the. Uh, this show, if you're a good salesman, I, I appreciate a good sale. That's why I'll, I'll buy. And I also, I understand that like. Why do you think I'm out of money? There's, <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that are trapped fur bears. I think lure, I think lures are mostly a story, and that's why like you guys went and uh, he had he had to hassle me to get into the back of my pickup truck and open the box and I, I had bought, a few lures. He bought a book and I saw your doors <laughs> open. I was like, oh, no, no, you know what you got there? <laughs> One of those is coming with me. Yeah. So, and so, like, what we're trying to say is, I, what I'm saying, is built, but if you should buy it, you should buy it for driving. I have a hard, <laughs> I have a hard time selling lure is what I'm trying to say because I can't, can't tell that story because I know deep down that there are some very simple lure formulas that everything that works. Yeah. If you have good quality ingredients, you got a good formula. It's very simple and it works. And there's no magic involved. Is there? But is there? You is need there, to have more there, confidence in yourself. Yeah. The right That's what he says. There's a lot of people out there. You, you, you mean I need to be a? You just met me saying. today. 
There's a lot of people out there that I know that aren't at this convention that watch your videos and show their buddies and my buddies. Right. And, but I could use, I could have used anybody's you, lure across the yeah, country and caught those a lot of your own stuff. I do. Your own ideas. I do, but I couldn't, I think I could have done just you as well with somebody else's lure. You don't, right? yeah, but it's yours, so back it and be proud of it. Because you should, because it's, it's working for other people, you whether you know it or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did this year. Yeah, back yourself up, dude. But, you be proud. Be but, but out I'm, swinging. What I'm saying is, there's, there, there's, the, the lure making is prob lure the lure business is probably ninety five percent marketing, and five percent quality. Let's say, let's say ninety. I'd, I'd, I'd stick know. with I'd I'll, stick with ninety five. You can ask Rob. All my, like you know, like I know. Going on next time, I map my sites out. Yeah, you could have saved twenty percent. I know. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Everyone that's hearing this right now, Onyx Hunt, <laughs> Onyx Hunt, and you can label totally what bait you put at which sites. Yeah, yeah. And I know Bill over here and Rob, they're cringing because they're used to the old weathered paper that was dried, <laughs> driver brains with the crow feather and all that other stuff. <laughs> Writing down, <laughs> we dumped six barrels of tea and then we caught coyotes. <laughs> I know, I get it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, that was fun. Things probably got a little left off the rails after that part of the conversation by the campfire. It was late at night, so um, anyway, it's good to get together with other trappers and and just to kind of take it easy and sit around the campfire and talk and share ideas and thoughts and and I thought. I'd, just let you in on a little bit of that there. So uh, with that, let's get into the Cots Bros message of the week. Guys, if you use wire screen aluminum pan covers and you haven't bought the new ones from Cots Bros, the new design, uh, you're killing me because Kyle's got me reading this ad every week almost and I'm just about seeing pan covers in my dreams and I wake up in the morning and I think pan covers and I go to bed at night and I think pan covers and I try to think about how I'm going to make pan covers sound interesting and I just can't do it. But these are machine stamped. They are nice and clean around the edges. If you coyote trap and you use aluminum screen, check them out. Cotsbros.com. Pan covers. Get them, please. Help me out and check out their clearances and specials while you're at it too because there's always some cool things there that you you uh, might not realize that you're missing out on. So with that, thanks again. Keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. Contact me, jrodwood at gmail.com. J-R-O-D-W-O-O-D at gmail.com. Just got a bunch of emails from several of you for the first time in the last week or so and so i need to get back to some of you i apologize that i haven't already but i'll work on that and till next time keep on talking trapping keep on thinking trapping catch you on the next episode